I thought, oh my God, I'm going to keep the streets safe from all these terrible, you know, evil people. I'll be like, you know, lawyer Batman. Welcome to the Orlando Impact Podcast, a podcast dedicated to shining the spotlight on purpose-driven leaders in the Orlando area. If you are looking to sharpen your leadership skills while being inspired by the struggles and stories of triumph of local leaders, this podcast is for you. Hey, Andy Young here with the Life Wealth Group, and I believe that everybody has a dream that drives them forward. Join myself and Hilgart this week and every week as we discuss thoughts and ideas with some of Orlando's top leaders. From business owners to leaders of nonprofits, these discussions can help you make better decisions for how to run your business and live a life that you dream about. Welcome to the show. All right, so welcome. I got Jordan Ostroff uh, with Jordan Law Firm that's joining us today. And I know you're already sitting there going, man, a lawyer, really? But I wanted to feature Jordan specifically because of everything that he's doing in our community to make a difference, not just for you uh, and your family, but also other business owners. So uh, with that, Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. So, Jordan, uh, for those of you that maybe aren't as familiar, uh, can you just uh, introduce yourself briefly? Sure. So, my name is Jordan Ostroff. I'm the managing partner of Jordan Law here in Orlando, Central Florida. Uh, but for those of you that grow when you heard lawyer, I am right there with you. So, at this point, I don't even tell people I'm a lawyer anymore. I'm a small business owner <laughs> who runs a law firm. Um, and that's also true. Like, I don't really practice law as much anymore. I just manage the firm. So, but that seems to uh, make for better conversation. And then I always dress like this, regardless of coronavirus or not. And if I stood up, you'd see I'm in shorts and sandals also, but I'll, I'll hold that back for right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny that when we see that and uh, kind of the preconceived notions that a lot of people have as, as far as somebody that's stuffy, they're in the office with a bunch of books surrounding them. Uh, you kind of, you, you broke the norm with that. Uh, so how did you originally uh, get started with your firm? So when I graduated law school, uh, I knew I wanted to be a, well, so let me actually let me backtrack. As far as I remember, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer and I had absolutely no idea what that meant. And some days I still don't know what that really means. Um, and then at some point I decided I wanted to be a prosecutor, still having no idea what that means. And then I realized that basically you were just arguing with people and telling them why you were right, which is what I did my entire childhood. And so um, when I, I went to Barry, so I went to UCF here in Orlando, that's what got me up to this area. Stayed here for Barry's Law School, which is on Semarine Colonial, and then was a prosecutor here in Orange County. I was lucky enough to uh, actually never have to move between, well, I guess I moved from UCF to this side of town, but I didn't have to move from law school to uh, being a lawyer until I moved in with my now wife. So that's what got me started. And then after about three years there, um, I realized, well, so... I thought, oh my God, I'm going to keep the streets safe from all these terrible, you know, evil people. I'll be like, you know, lawyer Batman. And then they hand you all these files and it's like, oh, this person's only here because they're poor and they couldn't afford to stay in the same apartment and they missed this mailing for the DMV and their license got suspended. And this person's here because they were born a crack baby and they got addicted to drugs and they never got off drugs. And so they got arrested for drugs. And this person's here for you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so, I mean, I prosecuted a couple people that were like genuinely bad. Um, but having had 10,000 cases, most of the time people were, they were poor, they made a bad decision or they were lazy and didn't, you know, update on address or whatnot. And so that kind of got me in the realm of 
I want to see what it's like representing those people. And then, so I switched over to doing defense work for a little bit. And then we became more of a business and personal injury practice. So you've been now practicing out on your own for how long, Jordan? Uh, so Jordan Law will be five years in uh, October of this year. Wow. So go back to those original days when you were first kind of starting to do the groundwork and get the business up and running. Tell us, what were some of those original struggles that you had as you were first getting open? The biggest struggle was I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And I thought I had somewhat of an idea, but I did not realize how little of an idea I had knowing what I was doing. And so in twofold, you know, like you go to law school, they don't actually teach you to be a lawyer. They teach you how to think like a lawyer. And so being a prosecutor, you know, you didn't have to do certain filings. And so from the lawyer side, thankfully, uh, my wife was a former public defender. So she helped me with all the defense attorney filings, like letting them know you represent this person and those things. But I had no business background whatsoever in any way, shape or form. And so I, I asked backward myself into quite a bit of success and quite a bit of failure from not having any clue uh, along those lines. And so that was what I kind of had to add to my repertoire. So what, what did you do to, to go out and kind of overcome that? I mean, did you just go out and consume every bit of content that you could to try to learn how to be a business owner or what was that? So the, the, the thing that I tell everybody, you know, now that we do business law, I have a much better understanding of what a business needs. And so at its core, there is no problem that a business has that can't be solved with more money. Like that is every business's problem because with more money, you can turn down cases, you can hire the right people, you can do you know, you can use that money to solve any problem. So thankfully, having been here at UCF, and I did the trial team at UCF with a bunch of, you know, future now attorneys, and then I did a trial team at Barry and was here and got coached by local attorneys and local judges and other people that went on to be attorneys. So I had like a really good network having no idea that I actually put that together. So thank God I had cases coming in because that would have been a whole other problem. Uh, but at least that gave me the flexibility to turn some of those cases down or bring on, you know, I brought on a, an intern from Barry to work for me, like maybe three months out. And so they took over a lot of the menial stuff, which gave me more time to learn the business stuff. And then we were doing well enough. My wife quit her job. She, she took a sabbatical from law for a year to teach civics, which basically is teaching law. And so the school year, or a little bit before the school year ended, so she came on board full time, which took over some of the lawyer stuff. So I could still focus on more of the business stuff, the planning etc. But if I did not have those cases coming in from knowing people and, and hopefully being, you know, nice, affable and, and uh, trustworthy, then I would have been screwed, you know, 14 other ways. So, so now you fast forward, uh, the business is getting ready to turn five. Uh, what are some of the present things that you're going through that you're just like, wow, this is a totally different dynamic that I'm trying to figure out how this works? It's a really good question. Um, you know, and, and you sent me these questions before and I looked at them and now like, <laughs> they're coming out differently uh, or I'm not, I'm not getting the same answers I had prepped. No, look, every business, really businesses have the same problems. They just show up in different ways. And so like, you know, to grow a business, you can find new clients, you can charge more, you can offer new things, you can resell current existing clients. Like there's only four or five ways to grow a business, no matter what you sell, no matter what you offer. And so, you know, it's still, I'm still always stuck in the, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, there's, there's a million different business service providers out there because there's a billion different things that a business can do. And that can be 
you know, Outlook versus Google versus another email. That could be a different case management system. That could be an intake system. That could be a client portal. I mean, there's all these things out there. And so the, the struggle for me, I guess, is, is staying on top of those things um, and deciding when to make the, the chance to switch. You know, it's easy to have shiny object syndrome and be like, oh, there's a new this, there's a new that, whatever. But then when you think about the time to implement it, the cost to implement it, the training of it, all those things, you know, you really have to figure out what's worth adding and changing and subtracting. And so we've been lucky enough that now we've got a team of nine uh, hoping to hire two more people over the next couple of months to get us back over 10. You can segment a lot of that. So it's like, all right, you know, you're in charge of our intake system. You know, here's the emails from them every month with the new features. When there's a new feature that makes sense to us, you know, run it up the flagpole. Let's see, you're in charge of our case management system. You know, here's the emails that they send with updates when there's something new, run up the flagpole and just, you know, being able to give everybody their own projects um, really helps the business as a whole work that much better as opposed to me having to be the one to implement any, you know, worthwhile changes. That's, that's beautiful. As far as when you're seeing that, that when you can segment out your business and have people that own different areas, just how that supercharges and, and helps move things forward. Uh, now, at, from following you and seeing everything that you've done here in Orlando, what brought me in front of you uh, is where you're giving back and helping out. You're kind of divvying out that secret sauce, right? Uh, how business owners can do something different, how they can do more uh, to make themselves unique and grow. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with that, Jordan? Yeah. So um, I also run a marketing company geared towards the lawyers. So we did a presentation for the Orange County Bar on running a referral-based practice. I switched that to running a referral-based business, which is 95%, you know, the same thing and, and taught it and, and taught it to people. I mean, at its core, the better understanding you have of who your ideal client is, the better you're going to make every other decision because you don't matter. What matters is finding the right clients who want to work with you. And so that goes back to, you know, I dress like this and I've had people say, you know, I want my attorney to be professional. Great. I'm not the one for you. Like <laughs> I'll be professional in court and we write really good motions. We, we provide a really good product. But if you want your attorney to be that, you know, stodgy stuffy person, we're not the right firm. Like there's a million of other of those firms. Um, and I'm okay losing not my ideal client because I know that I want to work with my ideal client who likes the interaction, who likes the long-term relationship, who likes the more laid back atmosphere. And so the biggest thing that I'm helping people teach is finding your ideal client. And the more that you do that and the more time you put in that, the more understanding you have of that, every other decision becomes not easy, but easier. Because if your ideal client is, you know, an 85 year old person, you probably don't want to be marketing on Instagram. You know, they may, they may know Facebook pretty well now. They may be FaceTiming on their phones with, you know, grandkids and whatnot. So those may be some different worthwhile um, routes to advertise to them, but Instagram may not be. If you're looking for brand new, you know, Silicon Valley startups, you may not care about LinkedIn because it's a couple guys in a, you know, or people in a basement working on a computer, you know, they may be more tech savvy. They may be more, you know, advertising on Waze or, or Instagram or, you know, something like that. Um, and every other business decision comes after that. You know, if you're looking for that really high touch, high net worth client, then you need to make your business provide that extra value, charge more to take fewer clients, to provide that touch, to provide that service. Whereas, you know, if you want to be more of a volume business, then there's no reason to spend money on those extra points of contact because you're trying to keep the price down as much as possible. 
Yeah, we've, we've seen that ourselves in our own business as far as when you clearly identify who is it that you want to work with and then you see what value you can provide to them above and beyond what they're used to, right? Like you can be the low cost leader and be the Walmarts of the world that you just say, let me do volume. But it's a very unique experience when you can go through and say, no, I, I'm going to go through and it's going to be like in Pretty Woman when you walk into the store and everybody's running to you and trying to make sure that you get the perfect dress and the perfect hat and everything. And they're giving you all the little extras. Uh, that's what we found that our clients and the people come to us, the extras, those touches that are different. That's, that's like they're running out into the streets to tell people. So right. I know that that's part of what you're, I, I've been on calls with you where you're kind of sharing that and going through uh, Jordan. So that's, that's a great tip with that. Hey, sorry for the interruption. It's Andy. And I know you're listening to the Orlando impact podcast because you want to help maximize your impact in your family, community, and organizations that you care about. I've got something for you. If you want to take this a step further, I want you to head on over to thelifewealthgroup.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter. This is a collection of hand-picked articles along with focus on things that you can be doing to make a difference. We send it every Friday straight to your inbox. Finally, I would like to invite you to our upcoming webinar that will help educate you on making informed decisions for retiring in the new normal. So go to thelifewealthgroup.com to sign up today for our weekend reading and keep informed on how you can continue to make an impact in your community. Now, you've been in a unique position as far as being, uh, you know, part of the larger organization, going out and creating your own business and helping business owners here in the community. But if, if I'm looking right now and you're saying, what difference do you want to make as far as an impact for your community, for your family? Uh, what does that look like for you? So I, this, is, this question is exactly what I love about Orlando. You know, if you don't live in Orlando, you're like, oh, you've got, you know, Disney, you've got Universal, you know, you've got theme parks. Meanwhile, like, I, you know, don't get me wrong, at UCF, we had Disney passes and we would go there for lunch and then go back to afternoon class and whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, like, there's a huge part of Orlando that isn't that. And, you know, um, I think the, oh my God, the Florida Project, the movie that came out a couple of years ago did a really good job explaining the other side, you know, not the underbelly because it's not a bad thing, but just the outcome of this or the unintended consequence is you have a lot of really low cost jobs in Osceola and Orlando, you know, around the, around all the tourism industry. So you've got, you know, the average family of four in Orlando making like just over $40,000, which is, you know, not a lot by any means. And those are people that for the most part are working at hotels and hospitality and restaurants and maybe have two or three jobs. So I wasn't cognizant of that going in, you know, being at UCF, you get a much different view until I got to the prosecutor's office. When you start seeing how that impacts itself when it comes to crime and poverty and, you know, the real, real Orlando. Um, and so one of the things that we've always made sure that we do as a, as a firm and as a person and as a family is make sure that we're trying to address that situation as much as we can. And so that shows up in, you know, we'll take pro bono cases, we'll do um, free speeches and, and different kind of things like that to do trainings on, you know, dealing with police officers, situations you're going to run into, how to handle those, giving you a little bit of behind the scenes of, as a former prosecutor, what went into charging decisions, what went into offers, what went into prosecuting cases, so people could figure out that, like, you know, if you don't 
if you're not rude to the police, you have a much better chance of them not arresting you. And, and I mean, stupid stuff like that, but it ends up making a huge difference for people. And so recently I've been on the board for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Central Florida. And so we've got about 200 matches across the Central Florida area. So that's a one-to-one -one match of little brother or little sister with a big brother or big sister on a, that one-to-one -one mentorship. Because for a lot of those people, I mean, that's the only successful person or successful relationship that they're going to have. Um, you know, we hear from a lot of parents where they're working two or three jobs. There's no other parent in the picture. And so, you know, they want their kid to see a, an accountant, to see a doctor, to see a financial advisor, to have somebody who's, you know, successful um, based upon whatever definition they put on that. And so it's been really awesome to see what we've been able to do. And then obviously now recently, a big push of that is also to help build relationships between a lot of those kids and police officers. So uh, the Melbourne Police Department just announced a partnership with us where they're going to get a lot more cops um, to become big brothers and big sisters with those to help build those relationships in the community. Because, you know, from everything going on, there's plenty of amazing police officers out there. Unfortunately, there's also a number of the bad ones. And so a lot of that gets gets fixed or rooted out by that interaction between the actual community and the police officers who are involved in that community. So I really love that we've been able to, you know, walk, I don't want to say a fine line because obviously I don't think anybody is pro police brutality, uh, but we've been able to really connect a lot of our little brothers and little sisters with, you know, police officers as bigs or as agencies to help show them that, you know, there are, there are good police out there and to help show the police that there are good minorities, children, poor people, I mean, whatever, whatever you want to put on the other side. Um, it's been really helpful and really cool to see those relationships grow and, and foster into positive things. Yeah. So those relationships obviously are key from the beginning. Uh, so if you look at your business and you say, Hey, what relationships have helped you get to where you're at today? What, what have been some of those that have made a difference for you, Jordan? So you got to have mentors. I, I, the, Gary V, I think, is the only one I've ever seen say don't have mentors. And really, I think he wasn't even saying it that specifically. I think it was more, you know, people are going to tell you what worked for them, but you want to find what works for you. Um, but everybody else I've talked to, you have to have mentors. And mentors don't have to be somebody who's, who's older than you or somebody who's more experienced than you or somebody who's in the same industry as you. You know, anybody who, for whatever reason, you can pick their brain, get some advice, or just talk out loud about the ideas. I mean, those people are essential to the help of any business. You know, sometimes it's somebody who's been, in, you know, for me, um, a couple of my mentors have been attorneys for, you know, 20 years, 30 years. So a lot of it is, you know, how have you seen the legal profession change? You know, we want to do something like this. We're more tech forward. They're less tech savvy. You know, if we, come, we take the same stuff that worked for them and apply the internet to it, you know, what are some ideas that we can come up with? Um, and sometimes it's asking them questions, you know, oh, you know, you, you were at so-and-so's wedding 20 years ago, and now they're the judge on my case. You know, what do you think between these things? All, you know, not like they're going to like me more, but do you think they're, they prefer pictures? Do you think they prefer audio? Do they want to see diagrams? Do they want to see, you know, stuff like that, um, that becomes super helpful. Uh, and then at the same time, also, I think you need to find mentees because a lot of times, we know what we know, but being able to teach that to somebody else or being able to help somebody else learn that will help us learn why we're doing it that way or if there's a better way. And so like I'll jump on, you know, an hour call with other, you know, newer attorneys to talk to them about marketing and they're so appreciative of the time, but really I think I'm learning more from them than they're learning from me.
because I'm getting their perspective and why this won't work and why they're using this or how their state does things differently or, you know, something along those lines. So, you know, between mentors and mentees, you're always going to have that lifelong learning, which I think is key to success because you can only coast downhill as a business. Yeah. You look back at, uh, at like tribes years ago, right? The, you know, the Eskimos, everything, as far as passing down information, you didn't have a textbook you were picking up. It was stories and it was being able to have somebody that you could learn from and then teach those stories to. And we've lost a lot of that in what we're doing right now. So the, the resurgence of people saying you need to go out and find somebody to sit under their learning tree. And then eventually you're going to bear fruit to somebody else uh, is, is definitely a different piece with that. So if you're, if you're saying you know, you've grown your business fairly uniquely, right? You, you said from the get go, we're going to do cloud based so that we can ease how much time people are spending filling out forms of repetitive information. But what's been unique as far as in your experience to help your business grow? Well, so the thing that I really like, and obviously, you know, every generation thinks that they're important, but for my generation, like I remember what it was like not having a computer, but sort of just barely. And so I think people older than me will have gone farther without a computer and people younger than me will have not known what life was like without a computer. And so that's what I love about, like we've grown our business based upon one-on-one -on -one human contact inter and interrelationship. But then I've added the computer aspect to it, the automation aspect to it, the technology aspect to it, so that we can, one, spend more time on everything that you can't automate. You know, if you don't have to fill out a form for 10 hours a week because a computer does it, you can spend those 10 hours actually doing the legal work or staying in touch with the person or proactively letting them know what's going on. Um, and then also, like, I use that to not forget about people or forget about things. And so I've got, you know, a bunch of people's birthdays saved in the phone. I've got anniversaries. I've got kids you know, names, date of births, all those things. Um, just so when I'm having that genuine human connection with them, because I genuinely like them and care about them, I don't forget that, you know, they only have daughters versus having sons or that, you know, one of their kids just, just started kindergarten. And so, you know, the conversation that we'll have is how are they liking school and going every day versus daycare beforehand versus whatever else. Um, and all that, you know, isn't fake. It's genuinely based upon me caring about them but I can't remember things nearly as well as I used to, or as I have to. So I have the, you know, I let a computer cheat for me when it comes to the memory part of it. And I provide the emotion and, and the customization part of it. Yeah. You, that human touch, right? We, we've had so much that's been automated and things that happen that when you can use that to your benefit, to have more of that interaction, uh, that definitely makes a difference for people. So if we're sitting across the table from one another, five years from now, what does Jordan Law Firm look like then? So we have a really interesting business model also. And so we have all of our attorneys are paid on fee splits for what they're making uh, based upon what they bring in and what the firm brings in for them, et cetera. So what I love that from the standpoint of is basically like I'm building the backbone that runs the firm that generates the business, et cetera. And then anything they generate is the cherry on top. Um, so I'd like to see us right now. We've got, you know, three attorneys will be at four next month. So I'd like to see us get a little bit bigger than that. Not too much bigger. Um, and otherwise, I mean, everything else that we're doing, I like, I just, I don't know what new things will come down the pipe, but anything that we think is worth incorporating, you know, we'll start adding. Um, I think recently we've seen an uptick in people liking text messaging. So we'll send, you know, text message reminders about court dates or hearings or deadlines or waiting on documents more so than email and even more so than phone calls for a lot of our clients. So I think that will continue to be something that's more and more prevalent. 
Um, and just, you know, it'll be small changes like that. It won't be anything drastic because thankfully we've got a, a solid enough foundation. Very cool. Well, that's obviously an impactful story of everything that you've done in a short five years, Jordan, to be able to make a difference here in Orlando. So I want to thank you for your time. Where can people get more information about you and your firm? Uh, the easiest thing is our website. So it's jordanlawfl.com, FL like in Florida. Uh, if you want to email me, it's jordan at jordanlawfl.com. I'm pretty religious about this being on me and, uh, and answering emails pretty quickly. And then if anybody has questions from a, a lawyer side, legal side, the easiest thing is to call the office at 407-906-5529. That's 906-JLAW-5529 for Jordan Law. Fantastic. Well, Jordan, thanks for joining us. And until next time. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And I hope you found the information here insightful. Both myself and the Life Wealth Group team want to provide you with the very best resources and education to make the best decisions for your financial future. And that's why I want to offer you a complimentary review of your entire financial and retirement plan. There's no cost for this visit. It's simply a chance for you to get an education about your money so that you can make informed decisions for yourself moving forward. We found that many people don't have a full understanding of three basic things. They don't know how much they're paying for fees and commissions. They don't know how much unnecessary risk they're taking with their nest egg, let alone the tax implications of their retirement savings. When we meet, whether it's in person at our office or an online video meeting, to help you understand all of those issues. We want to walk you through a proprietary planning process, the Life Wealth Dream Builder, where we focus on investment planning, risk planning, income planning, healthcare planning, and tax planning. To get started, all you need to do is visit thelifewealthgroup.com. Click schedule a conversation where we will reserve a time to give you a complimentary impact analysis of your financial dreams. listening to the Orlando Impact Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcast. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach. If you found this information helpful, you can also share the episode. Thanks again for taking the time to listen, and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Orlando Impact Podcast. Securities offered only by duly registered individuals through Madison Avenue Securities, LLC, MAS, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. MAS and the Life Wealth Group are not affiliated entities. AEWM and the Life Wealth Group are not affiliated entities. The Life Wealth Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. The Life Wealth Group is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute as tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. 
We are not affiliated with U.S. government or any governmental agency.